You are listening to the award-winning The Young Jerks with Mike Crawford. Welcome to Fine Print, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Caleb Teske, and today I'm joined by Mike Crawford from The Young Jerks in, in Boston. Mike, thanks for being here with me tonight. Thank you, Caleb, for having us. And this is a late night interview here, but uh, uh, this is really one of the biggest stories I, I've seen uh, uh, coming out of, of the cannabis industry uh, since I started covering this. Really, um, before we before we hit that story, though, would you share your your five minute life story with us? If you uh, want, I'm old, so I got a lot of a lot of story, but I'll try to keep it short. Make, make uh, it ten. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm a working class guy, worked a lot of jobs, worked a, a, a union uh, job through college. Uh, so that was my first experience of being in a dangerous, you know, work environment and seeing that the, you know, workers were actually protected in that environment because we had a say through the union, helped me get me through college. I was uh, a jock, a wrestler. I went to college for wrestling and, oh, uh, <laughs> you know, I was, a, I was a pretty good uh, amateur wrestler and, uh, you know, basically injuries wiped me out in college. And uh, later on, you know, I always had sciatica and back issues, one leg longer than the other. And later on, I was a high school wrestling coach in open mat wrestling on another coach off season, USA wrestling, you know, open mats, what we used to call them. And I got slammed. I was wrestling the guy, really good wrestler. And I kind of showed him up in front of his team. And he came back and got me good and uh lateral drop right on my back. And, uh, I couldn't get up. I, I was crawling on the floor. Um, it was bad, you know, and I knew instantly it, it, that she, that that moment changed my life, like the back pain. Uh, really, the moment I became a medical cannabis patient, mm. you know, I, I soon discovered the pills and the alcohol. Those weren't going to help me with the pain. Uh, what I had, you know, used for fun before was the best pain reliever. You know, besides Tylenol, you know, I still take Advil and Tylenol, all those pills, but uh, I'm very concerned with them because my family always has liver issues. And uh, so I found medical cannabis right away. Uh, I was later arrested for it, lost a career over. I was a financial advisor for a long time, uh, basically okay. lost that career because of a cannabis arrest, which is really crazy. Uh, just possession, too. So, as a you know, before and, you know, because of that arrest, I I ended up being an activist. I was already an activist for cannabis before that, but I even upped it even more. I was part of the campaigns for decrim medical legal. I was on the board for mass can normal, which is our local uh, cannabis reform coalition booked a lot of the events, especially the freedom rallies, national music acts. I, I did a lot of probably about a hundred fundraisers for mass can mostly booking local rock bands. Uh, so that was our movement. We really killed it. We changed laws. And then I started getting more involved in media. And uh, I, I left MassCan to focus on the media work. Today, uh, I'm a full-time dog walker. I, you know, I have a dog care business, self-employed. <laughs> Me and my girlfriend both do it. She has a music podcast. She used to be a big music radio DJ. Her station got sold. Uh, my station, we we decided to close it when COVID happened. So we both get to do our shows, our podcast at home. Uh, we work locally in the area. We don't have to commute anywhere. We're living the dream. You know, we love dogs and we love doing our podcast. Uh, we've been covering the the worker right issue. You know, I've, I've written for Dig Boston and some other publications over the years. And we did quite 
quite a bit of podcasting and written interviews uh, published in Dick Boston about worker issues, worker safety issues in the cannabis space, and specifically with New England treatment access. We went we went over that extensively about the mold and, and all the risks that people were going through. And that's kind of how this story, this latest story landed in our lap because we yeah, covered. Yeah, so, so let's talk about that. So, I mean, this is obviously, and it seems like from what you've told me that a lot of the bigger news outlets aren't picking up on this. But but really, to, to me, this seems like one of the biggest stories that I've ever heard, honestly. Uh, and, and I'd love to hear how it landed in your lap. And, 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 and you know, I, I understand you've had some talks with the families. I'd love to hear all about that. Yeah, you know, basically this is, we're talking about Lorna McMurray. Uh, she was a true leaf, uh, holy oak cannabis cultivation worker who passed away in January. January of this year, uh, right at the beginning of the year, and no one knew about it. No one was talking about it. I didn't know about it um, until basically, what has it been, like three weeks ago? I mean, it was basically about three weeks ago, I believe, that I found out about it. And I was tipped off by uh, uh, someone who's been a guest on our show recently, someone that we're working with on advocacy. She's great. Her name's Kim Napoli. I've known her for you know probably 25, 30 years now. Uh, both of us doing our uh, thing with advocacy around cannabis and she's on the state uh, cannabis ad uh, advisory board. They call it the cab. So what they do is they advise the cannabis control commission that runs things. Advisory board doesn't have a vote so much. They have a vote among themselves, but they're really advising the cannabis control commission. It's kind of the community space. Uh, so she's on that board and she's the one who, who said, Mike, did you see this post? Take a look at it. I know that there's more to it. You need to look into this. And as soon as I saw the post, it was from Danny. It was on Facebook. It was just basically saying, you know, my coworker passed away. And because of that, OSHA is now doing new trainings. And it's because of uh, Lorna. Sad that someone had to die, but we're finally getting some progress with OSHA. And that was posted, I think, in June or July. But I found out you know, basically about three weeks ago, I found out about it and I just read the post, saw the comments and saw the family was on there. saw the friends were on there and I just started reaching out and that's how the ball started rolling on that. And, and you've had, uh, you talked to the stepdad. Yes. I've talked to the mom, I've talked to the stepdad. Talk to her friends. I've talked to her coworkers. Well, I, I, and I'd love to hear as much of this as we can really dig into without you, um, you know, without any privacy concerns. Um, that's I, that's I'd what really, I'm always worried about. Sure, um, but like, but I will say that there, are th like, couple things. When this story broke recently, the Massachusetts Cannabis Control Commission put out some statements, and one of the statements was that they care about their registered agents the workers i've spoken to basically about a hundred of them maybe even more at this point both through my show through private conversations through going into these places i i've talked to you know I, i'm guessing about a hundred at this point maybe even higher than that and i don't know any of them that feel like the cannabis control commission is looking out for them or or worried about them and i can't find any action that the cannabis control commission has done to actually protect the workers. There's not like one regulation proposal that they've pushed to protect workers. There's nothing, there's nothing that they've done. They've covered up everything. So that's number one. Number two, they put out a statement 
basically saying that it's unfortunate this has come to light and this is, you know, almost like we're harming the family by talking about this, that this is, uh, you know, re-traumatizing the family to bring this up now after all these months later. Well, I've, I've talked to the family and as far all, all their interaction and the friends and the coworkers, every interaction from them is they're excited. They're happy. I'm not going to say excited. There's nothing to be excited about. They're, they're almost like relieved and they're happy that Lorna is what happened to Lorna is finally being heard and that people are responding. They are happy about it. Now, Cannabis Control Commission, I don't know if they've actually talked to the parents or the family. I don't know if they have sat on the phone with them for a half hour and basically, you know, wanted to cry. I mean, the conversations I'm having with them, it, it makes me want to cry. And I, I have been crying. Like it's, it, it affects me that deeply. Like I know how much stepdad Dave and the mom, Laura cared about Lorna and how much they miss them. And you can hear it in the recordings with Dave. You can hear everything, you know, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And the stuff that they tell you even off, you know, off the air is even, this is a real situation. So, you know, my feeling is that uh, we're here for the workers. We're here for her friends. We're here for her family. And we're doing what, you know, we feel that they want, which is to tell the story, to tell the truth and to get some changes that, you know, both of them, both parents say they don't want this to happen to anyone else's child. And, and I'm going to tell you, Mike, I was one of the people you told me on the phone. You said some people, when they read the story, they didn't even believe it. And I was one of those people. I read the headline and I was like, come on. I, I shot it out to a bunch of people that I knew when I was like, can someone confirm this? Cause this seems ridiculous. Like yeah. that's not a real headline, right? Like someone died. What, what, like cranking out pre-rolls at a truly factory. Like that seemed unbelievable to me a little bit. Yeah. I, I can get that. The general public doesn't get the risk. You know, I did another show uh, recently, a, a New Jersey show uh, lefty, the host brought it up. He said, you know, Decades ago, they didn't realize that firefighters needed masks and equipment. These guys used to go in with just a you know cloth bandana, if anything. It took years to realize the great risk, not just from getting burned alive, but from the smoke inhalation. Same thing with cigarettes, right? I mean, so many years it was denied that it caused cancer. Well, I think this is the same type of thing in this cannabis space is that people have no idea. And that's the, the tragedy about Lorna. You know, I don't know if she knew. And if she did know, you know, it, was, it I think a lot of them know in the back of their mind, but it's very easy to say, no, no one's going to die. Not that, you know what I mean? Because it just, it's easy to deny it because it doesn't seem possible. It doesn't seem possible you're going to go into this place and not come home, but that's what happened. Hmm. And when we talk, you know, like I'm not making this stuff up too. Like for me, it's not surprising. And the reason it's not surprising to me is because I've talked to hundreds of the employees and the employees say that it's the same stories over and over again. Right. They what, go into what, these are you, places, what are you hearing from the employees? COPD, bronchitis, asthma, respiratory issues. They, uh, young people, these are people in their mid twenties. Lorna was 27. Didn't have asthma until she started working at this place. Who owns, these, who owns these dispensaries down here or, or these facilities down in Massachusetts? Well, there's a lot of them. So, you know, I don't want to put blanket statements and say they no. all have these issues, but a lot of them do. And and I think the issues, what you're going to find is the larger operators, the multi-state operators, TrueLeaf, multi-state operator, 
We're hearing about uh, some mold and INSA, multi-state operator. Uh, holist, holistic industries, I'm not sure. Yeah, actually, yeah, multi-state operator. I mean, we're these are the largest, the biggest companies, you know? And if you look at their stock prices, they're way down. They have a huge amount of debt on their back. They're not getting any tax release from the federal government. So who pays? And they have uh, everybody in the government looking for more money from them, both from the state to the local. And who pays for all that? I'll tell you who, it's the patients and the, especially the workers, the low wage worker, they're risking their life. And people don't recognize that risk, both with mold and the dust particles. These places don't have the proper, in, in, uh, uh, what do you call that? Air, you know, quality. There's not enough circulation going through there. They're not doing the HVAC uh, updates. They're not, it's not proper. You know, we're going to actually bring some scientists on our show uh, who have been going into these places and they're going to tell us like what is actually going on in Massachusetts and, and nationally, you know, this is all over the country. And you know, what they, what they're saying is you're going to end up seeing an epidemic, you know, you know how we see commercials for, you know, toxic substances and people going to be those types of lawsuits 10 years from now, people got to have the green lungs. What if, if your loved one was, <laughs> yeah, you worked at large indoor cultivation and you end up with respiratory issues years later, you can sue. That's what's going to happen. And you know, what's exciting about this. And the reason why, we're going to keep fighting for this and keep bringing it in is that we're here and there are changes happening. You know, cannabis control commission. I don't know if we're ever going to see a change. We have to demand it. I think it's a corrupt organization. I think they're anti-worker. I think they've covered up everything, but we, I heard today from an employee at one of these large multi-state operators that they came in like today and we're like, here, we're giving you all respirators because we can't afford that kind of lawsuit. So things are starting to change. Hopefully. I think a lot of places, it's, from what I'm hearing, it's the talk at every cultivation but, site. But is that sort of after the fact? It is. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's it's better now than never. I mean, do we want to have more learners die? You know, I mean, it's, hmm. I mean, they should have definitely been doing this a long time. But, you know, we don't we don't stop giving firefighters respirators because we screwed up yesterday. Mm. You know what I mean? Like we, No, we, no, true, yeah. true. We got to it... fix this. It, it kind of blows my mind, you know, because, boy, I've known a lot of weed growers and a lot of people that process weed in all kinds of different ways, and nobody has ever died, man. Right. So that's, again, this is a perfect example where we think the legal market's supposed to be safer, right? Well, in reality, you know, it's probably, it's not. And a lot of this, like, when we bring these scientists on, I had a conversation with one of them yesterday. He says a lot of a lot of it is due to the regulations and the setups of these places. And that the regulation, the regulators don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They're regulating all the wrong things. They're like, they're, they're talking about, oh, we gotta have a million cameras in there in case someone takes a joint, steals a joint. No one's stealing from those places. The the problem is the health and safety of the workers. There's no regulations for that. There's nothing, they're not doing anything. They're covering it up at every opportunity. And you're right. You know, I, I don't think you're going to find this type of situation for a small grower who has maybe 10, 15 plants at his house. Maybe he has 100. You're talking about thousands, tens of thousands of plants in a place they don't give a shit about their workers. That's a different situation than what you see even in the larger, you know, even in the larger grows in the illicit market. I don't think 
they're as large as these big rows are. And a lot of that was outdoors too. I, I think a lot of stuff was still growing outdoors in the traditional market. Yeah, definitely up here. Yeah. So the big, big warehouse, indoor cultivation on a large scale, that's problematic. And I don't, I don't think it cannot be done correctly. It just, you have to care. You have to focus on that air quality every single day. You have to change your filters. You have to have an HVAC system that works and a plan. And, you know, you have to be doing all these other things that they're not doing. Hmm. It, it does seem like, you know, I've, I've met a lot of really amazing growers that aren't necessarily amazing uh, business owners and, and vice versa. You know, business owners that don't really know about growing anything. <laughs> uh, um, chads, if you will. Um but you know, um, but to find a nice combination of that, it, it does seem kind of rare here, and and in Vermont, you know, there was a, a statement, a lot of statements by the legislatures they were going to help people that were negatively impacted by um, the war on drugs and this and that. But it it seems like at the end of the day, this really has favored just people that have money to start businesses, you know, and, and a lot of people that you know, suffered the consequences of the war on drugs necessarily uh, didn't get as much of a leg up as it was said would be done. You know? Absolutely. Same in Massachusetts. Really? I mean, I look at Maine, right? Maine, I think, has the best model. They let everyone open. Anyone who wanted to open, they made it very easy. They got thousands of legal medical caregivers up there. They, they licensed those guys, the smaller guys, first. And then years later, they said, okay, you can open a big, you know, years later, they let the caregivers actually, you know, who were selling to customers directly, they let them open storefronts. And then later on, they let the big boys come in and open bigger dispensaries. And it's like Massachusetts and a lot of other states, I'm not sure how Vermont's doing it. We did it the opposite. We said only big money can open at first. You got to have millions of dollars in the bank. You got to go through all this red tape. And so you got the the people with the money who don't know what the hell they're doing, like you're talking about, that grow shit weed, and they only care about making their money back. Yeah. And then now we're starting to let the smaller players in, but you know they're getting screwed because you know who, the CCC, the Cannabis Control Commission. Who who do you think they give a hard time to? Are they giving a hard time to Cureleaf, who is one of the biggest operators in the nation, or are they going to give crap to my friend who's a micro grow who only has one location? It's very small; he can't sell directly to customers. They're gonna go. They're gonna harass the small grow. I mean, that's what's happening in, in Massachusetts. So, you know, top a, a down couple, is not a, good a, for a cannabis. Couple women. Uh, one of the ladies from the uh, Massachusetts Control Commission was on the. Um, she was with the advisory uh, team uh, with with the Vermont Control Board. Boy, uh, the NACB or Vincente Strategies. They had a couple representatives from Massachusetts, and, and I thought that was odd. Like, um, it, who are they? Hmm, I'm I'm gonna have to get back. Is it to Kim Napoli or Shaleen or any of those? No, I'm gonna no no no. I'm gonna get you their names. Um, I'm gonna have to come back to you on that. Yeah yeah. But um, that's a great point. Yo, uh -huh. all right. Uh, how is it going in Massachusetts as far as you're concerned? And, and I mean, aside from this death, which was the worst story I've really read um, ever. It's not going good for workers. I'll no. tell you that. It's not going good for workers. I don't think it's going good for anybody, even big cannabis. You know, look at their stock price. 
you know i don't think it's going good for anybody honestly i think the only one it's going good for is the state who's getting revenue but in the cities and towns who are getting their revenue but who's suffering the workers you know who's suffering the consumers so many of our consumers medical patients are still like me when i can i i go up to maine you know, I'll drive by 10 dispensaries to go to Maine because it's a better quality product. Boy, Maine's killing it with the, with the concentrates. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. But, Matt, I mean, the thing about masks, we're starting to finally see prices come down, you know, and I think you're going to see a lot more of that. And there's a lot more adult use finally opening. So, you know, hopefully we get some we got some changes last last time from the CCC that help patients and consumers. We hope to see more of that. And hopefully, we'll, like my friend that, you know, is a micro grow, we want him to be able to sell direct to consumers and other things. So we're hoping there's a lot more changes coming with the Cannabis Control Commission. But it'd also be nice for the Cannabis Control Commission to do something to help the workers, like mandate, you know, mandate CPR training, force them to have respirators on hand, you know, th things that might have saved someone like Lorna or someone in the future you imagine that huh no one was uh trained to cpr i don't know if no one was trained but oh, i know okay. from from what i understand from people that were there and people that work there who have heard through the grapevine and the family uh that they don't believe anyone tried cpr on lorna when she passed out and until the paramedics arrived yeah <sighs> <sighs> I mean, this is something like, you know, we talked about another show, Lefty Show. He said, you know, when I was a camp counselor, we had a class. Everyone could go get free CPR. Why Why aren't the dispensaries doing that? Why, why, why isn't the CCC encouraging it? They have all these regulations and rules. There's nothing ever for the workers. Now, nothing ever. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. In Vermont, we have a bud tender training that you have to take, but I don't believe it involves any CPR training at all. Maybe, you know, I think bud tender probably should take some CPR training for the customers because you got medical patients coming in. But I don't think it's as uh, much like a need as the cultivation sites. I don't think a bud tender has the same type of risk from the, you know, inhalation and the accidents. There are, you know, we're we're just talking about COPD and, and the inhalation and, and how Lorna died. There are a lot of other risks at these places too. Like we're talking about ozone. I talked to someone on the phone just the other day who got poisoned by ozone. No shit. You know, these are things that I don't think uh, many of the illicit market guys were using ozone. And why are they using ozone to, to beat the tests, to beat these tests? So again, sometimes the regulations create more problems, more harm. And do a lot of the regulators necessarily understand the way that people are growing there? No, that, that's that, you know, talking to one of the scientists last night that we're going to have on our show pretty, pretty soon. He said, you know, look at the mass cannabis control commission. Not one person on that board has ever grown cannabis. They're not horticulture experts. Not one of them is a scientist. You know, there's no, there's none of that. That's what's lacking. And there's no, um, you know, occupational, safety person there's none of that there's none of it there instead they have someone who's uh you know a, a prohibitionist someone who's like you know with the aa crowd and the you know just say no that
that that's their health and safety person on the board of the cannabis control some uh, board someone who's there's, anti-science there's a lot of those in there. someone who's who who doesn't believe in the science that that's who they have instead of having scientists on the cannabis control commission charlie baker the governor decided to put someone on who's anti-science so again this is what i'm so and 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 people want to say uh it's the Democrats fault and and I'm a liberal and I won't cover it. No, it's both parties. We have a Republican governor and we have a Democrat AG and uh, uh, what do you call her? Uh, Deb Goldberg, the treasurer. So we have we have split and they're all corporate. They're all corporate. All three of them. They're, they're picking the worst people. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, I feel that. And, 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 you know, it, it does seem, though, like when you look at the results of, of what comes out of, of the legislation, like, yeah, it's not very good. Yeah, you've put people in charge that don't really know what they're talking about. And don't even know where to look. I mean, I'd be fine if there was a non-science person on there, if they, if they believed in science and went to scientists. Like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you know. You're not a scientist, so you go to real scientists and find out. But they're I not doing that. I got a physics degree. You do? There you go. Yeah, I went to WPI, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> See, I got a history degree. And, and I know to, when I want to talk science, I go talk to a scientist. But You know what I mean? Like, why aren't they doing that? Hmm. It, it does seem like some of the consulting firms that they hired to bring in, like, also don't really know what they're talking about either. That was cannabis consultants and attorneys. I mean, I mean, that's what it is. It's just a bunch of, we know how to file the right paperwork and we know who to grease the right politician's palm to get this passed. We know how to make campaign donations to the right people. And, and you know, truly, truly uh, provided convertible debt to slang to purchase two of the medical dispensaries here in Vermont. Um, and guess guess who paid for that? Well, the workers. Lorna's dead body. That's what yeah. paid for that. Like that. That. That's how. That's why Lorna is dead, because they they pile so much debt. This this company, they're 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 all debted out. Like I, I would not be surprised if Truly eventually files for bankruptcy, not even related to the Lorna issue. Just the way their business is set up, it's whack. And that company shouldn't even be allowed. I don't know how they're getting licensed. I don't know. You have the CEO of the company. Her husband is in jail, federal jail, for bribing public officials. Yeah, How is yeah. that company licensed? How is she still the CEO? And and this isn't just like oh well it's unconnected. It was it was someone in that was uh, the husband. What she didn't know it was a totally different. No, it's related to the business of Trueleaf. That's what the public bribery was about. So this is directly related to the business. And why are they licensed in Massachusetts? And then they killed somebody. They killed somebody. I'm, I'm going to say it. Like, I feel like that they are, like, everything I've seen, I think they're very responsible for what happened to Lorna. And I want to see them shut down. I, I think that people shouldn't buy their products. They should take it off the shelves, and they should be contacting every single elected official, the mayor of Holyoke, all the state reps and state senators, cannabis control commissioners, and demand that they get shut down truly. What, what was the punishment? Wasn't there a fine or something? Well, OSHA actually did an investigation and did find them. And they find them for like improper training for not, you know, 
given, again, a lot of this is education. If you don't know the risks, you know, if you're not getting the proper training. So the, a lot of that, it's basic shit. And I'm glad they did find them. I think they should have found them a lot more. I think they should try to shut them down. I hope they are considering doing a lot more. But the Cannabis Control Commission, right? This happened in January. Now October. We found out about this in September, right? The only statement, the only transparency they've given is they they told everyone that, that Trulief is under investigation for this. They didn't tell that, us when the investigation... That was the, the real shocking part was the time split. Yeah, so that's what I want to... Because that time split is so telling. Happened in January. We're in October. You're still investigating. When did the investigation start? Did it start in January? Right. Or did it start three weeks ago when we broke the news? Right. And like, like, when did the family find out? You yeah. Know? Yeah. The mayor found out three weeks ago when we broke the news. Wow. Mayor Holyoke didn't know. So I'm wondering, we want to know, did the Cannabis Control Commission know? And if they didn't know, then why is True Leaf even still open? Like they should be, they should be shut down. The mayor didn't know. The mayor of Holyoke didn't know. And I heard he's pissed. So hopefully maybe he'll shut them down. I don't know if he has that power, but. So, so who grabbed this? I, I saw a couple of like local, like I saw High Times grab Everybody. This. Yeah. Leafly I called saw, me against. Um, yep. uh, what is this? MSN, Western Mass News, Leafly. Um, you said you were maybe having some trouble. Uh, you said maybe the Boston Globe didn't want to touch this or, or something like this seems like everybody, a story. Well, you know, it's like, basically it broken, you know, it's funny because Massachusetts, you know, you think cannabis coverage, you think Boston Globe right now, you think that they're going to cover this because that's their beat right now. Uh, but they kind of scale back. And I think that some of them have a vendetta with me, a weird vendetta, and, you know, and I don't even want to make it personal. People give me shit about that saying I'm cheapening the story by talking about that stuff, but I'm, I'm trying to be truthful here. I, and I feel like, uh, a lot of times I feel like I've even covered for them. You know, for five years, they didn't do a story on but, this. And, 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 you said, and you said you've seen this coming for quite some time. Well, the, yeah, it's the workers. The workers felt like they never got any, you know, the Globe wasn't helpful. They, they took it to the Globe and the Globe wouldn't respond. Globe didn't do anything. And so now they have, I think, you know, I, I think it's maybe embarrassment too. You know, they let this go for five years and you know, these bad working conditions. And now it blew up in their face, basically. And it broke in Western Mass. It's broke in Springfield and Worcester. Those newspapers, they broke it. It broke nationally. It's been in high times, leafly, like you said, Benzinga. Benzinga did two stories before the Globe put out one. The Globe finally did a story after I bashed him on Twitter. Eight hours later, they put up a story and it's cut and paste. There's no original reporting. They yeah. basically... Quoted all the different stories, everyone that, you know, except us, <laughs> you know, that was, that was again, noticeably everyone linked us except the globe, basically. I mean, I think that pretty much says it all. Right. But I mean, I know that the big media outlets, the national outlets, they're still on it. You know, high times, you know, did a follow-up story, uh, leafly call today. They're doing another follow-up story. There's a lot of, uh, different outlets looking into this. And it was honestly just like I said, man, I didn't even believe it when I read your story. I posted it up and I said, can anyone confirm this? Because I didn't I didn't believe that shit. Yeah. Man. Yeah, I think it's it shocking until you look into it. Well, 
you know, and when I look at sort of the cult, uh, the corporate culture of some of these bigger MSOs, I mean, even, you know, like Curaleaf, it just multiple lawsuits. They've bought out a couple uh, dispensaries in Vermont, multiple lawsuits for mislabeling their products or stealing tips from their employees or OSHA complaints. Yeah. You We've know, been pulling OSHA complaints this week. There's a lot of them against a lot of these firms. Yeah, yeah, and they are all losing money. I've seen a very distinct curve of the, there's maybe like two at the top that seem to be profitable, but um, it, it seems wild. Like all the guys that I always knew that was selling weed on the black market were profitable. <laughs> they didn't have all these hands in their pockets. Yeah, They weren't trying to uh, sell investors on that they're going to own the market in 30 years. It's going to be this huge multiple. And, you know, that's, it's a game. It's like, <clears throat> my, you know, my girlfriend, um, she did radio for a number of years. And the last big corporate chain she worked for is called Entercom. And if you look at Entercom right now, they're like the last player standing, one of the largest ones. They bought all the CBS stations. It's the same deal. They, 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 took on so much debt and bought all these stations thinking that they were going to have a huge multiple and that it would just, you know, it'd be awesome. And instead the opposite happened. COVID-19 happened. Advertising economy tanked and they're like, their stock is like at 20 cents, just like the cannabis companies mm. and they're screwed. Like mm. they bought stations for like, you know, $20 million a piece. They're worth like 200,000. If you actually look at like, you know, divide how many stations they have by their actual stock value. It's crazy. It seems like there's a lot of that in Massachusetts, a lot of startups, a lot of weird little, uh, yeah. Well, I think it's those big corps where they try to, they're trying to be Amazon. They're trying to buy out a market, you know, and that's kind of the cannabis idea. Cure Leaf wanted to be the big player, right? Hmm. It, which seems odd, uh, seeing as we have these uh, sanctions against Russia, and it seems like their uh, major investors are Russians. Yeah, I know, right? There's, uh, you want, there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot that does like, it's so funny when you start looking into all this shit, you realize that a lot of times crime does pay. I mean, look at Donald Trump. <laughs> I mean, crime does pay. A lot of criminals are able, it just it doesn't pay if you're a low-level criminal. Yeah, right. You got you know to really I mean? shoot. You'll pay, you'll pay a huge price, but if you're a larger <laughs> criminal, a lot of times you get away with this stuff. Mm. You're right. That's exactly right. You got to, you know, low level crime doesn't pay. High level crime, you could make it work. Mm. Um, now, Mike, you, how many employees have you talked to from these companies? I, I feel like you said maybe a hundred. So. I'd say a hundred plus. Yeah. I mean, it's just, if you look at some of the shows, I mean, some of the shows we had a half dozen a piece on there, you know what I mean? Just if you look at the Netta employees, we, we, I mean, we have on the record at least 20 employees from New England treatment access over the years. So, I mean, that's 20 right there. That's just one place. Never mind revolution, you know, a lot of other places too. It just, yeah. Mm. And, it, and the, you hear the same stories over and over again. Yeah. Gaslighting. Uh, they treat you like crap. They make you do stuff that's dangerous. If you bring it, if anyone who brings up safety or any, you know, wants further education, any, any of that stuff, you're, 
now ostracized, made fun of, picked on, yelled at, written up for stupid stuff, and often fired. I mean, that, that that's how this works. And, and that's just, it seems totally counter um, intuitive. I don't know, counter. All the weed growers I know are very nice. <laughs> there, right? There's never been that kind of like, that kind of attitude around any of the grows I've ever been uh, privy to. Yeah, no, it's, it's big cannabis, big, bad cannabis. That's what I say. Uh, so uh, what, how much do you think it would take to, to start? Like if I wanted to start a dispensary in Massachusetts, uh, how, how much do you think that would cost me? Oh, it's millions, millions. I mean, you know, You'd have to ask the guys that are doing it now. I mean, things change every every single month here, you know, but uh, it's it's a lot of money. I mean, there are some guys who are doing it without all that money and they're and they're trying to, you know, do it themselves. They do a lot of the, you know, bootstrapping. Yeah. Parking studies and all that crap. They'll just come up with it. But, you know, generally, most people are millions of dollars. And even those guys that do it themselves, eventually they come to a point where they need more money. And it's about the rent. Like, you know, a lot of this, you want to license in Massachusetts, you know, for, you know, this might've changed recently too, but forever you had to get a host community agreement, which meant you need to, you need to have a property set aside that you wanted to grow in or sell in, right. Or manufacturing. And most of these applicants don't own the property. So they're paying rent for an empty building for three years that they can even open so that's a huge cost right there that's I mean, what i was wondering also like who's growing all the weed in massachusetts mostly big cannabis but that's starting to change yeah. there's a lot more growers coming on and that's why you're starting to see the price finally come down hmm. i think you're gonna see a lot more of that but i think it's also scary because it's you know it'll be good for us patients finally get a break but you know i think it's gonna wipe out a lot of the smaller grower you know smaller guys that we want to succeed Mm, damn that just wasted three years you know renting a space to try to open and now they're realizing they'll probably never recoup that money you know i mean that's that's a situation these guys are borrowing money to pay rent for an empty building for three years why this mm. cannabis control commission decides if they can open mm. and, and you need investors i mean i don't i don't know about you but most people can't pay ten twenty thousand dollars a month for an empty building for three years. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And then you need consultants and lobbyists. And, you know, unless you don't have a, you know, unless you don't have a job and you want to do all that yourself. Mm. A lot of these applicants have full-time jobs, you know, so they're doing it at the same time while they're working another career. And a lot of them end up giving up or selling out. They'll sell out to big cannabis because, and they'll end up selling at a loss. After two and a half years of almost getting there and spending all their money, they end up in debt and they're like, oh, I'm going to have to sell out to big cannabis and I'm still not going to make my money back. Damn. That is what uh, I think that is what I was afraid of. But Maine, that doesn't happen. Because Maine actually said, we're going to let everyone open. We're going to license everybody. We're not going to make you wait three years to get licensed. Yeah, they have like 900 dispensary app, uh, uh, applications or, or licenses issued. I got a whole their master list. Yes, it's ridiculous. There's just a ton of them. 
So, so like no who, limits. We should never have any limits. I, I, I'm, I just, I'm always curious, like who's making the money. It would be nice to see the farmers make some money, uh, one time. And, and you know, like just to come back, honestly, uh, the story about Lorna, like you know, um, that, that was really the most, the most tragic shit I've read. Honestly, I, I, I've been covering this for almost a year, and, and I've really never read anything like that. And it really. You know, I, I, my heart went out to the family and, uh, you know. Yeah, boy. it's so but, weird. We predicted something. We said, what's it going like, to, we joked about it. We said, what's it going to take someone to die for them to finally take care of the workers? And then I'm talking to her stepdad. She's 20, she was 27. And she looked like, she really looked like a nice kid. You know, it's like. Mm. Yeah, what, what, I'm what crying you... again, man. I'm, uh, it's uh, I like her stepdad a lot. I like them all. I like the whole family and friends. They're nice people, you know. Working cl- like me, working class, that just starting a life, you know. She's getting her shit together. She had some issues, mental health. Her friend was telling us, Danny, and but Lorna was doing yeah, good. Who, like, who doesn't? <laughs> right, I know. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's great to see people come through that, you know, and and then have it taken away by this shitty company that still hasn't done shit for her so so what do we do here uh mike oh we keep raising hell that's me i i think everybody you just gotta keep you know i love the media folks and and all the even the folks who are in the media who are sharing it and commenting on it and telling their friends about it telling your co-workers about it bringing it up at work risking your job to bring it up a lot of people are risking jobs to bring this stuff up at work but people do. They don't give a shit because they know what's at stake. And I think that's what we need to continue to do. And we need to stop boycotting some of these companies. True Leaf. No one should be buying True Leaf right now. No one should sell it on their shelves. Stores and dispensaries that are selling that shit should get boycotted too. You should you should be ashamed if you're carrying True Leaf right now. You know, and a lot of these other companies, we're gonna start coming up with uh who are the most likely to kill a kill a, an employee next. Because we got a list of them with ocean complaints, mold complaints. We know who they are, you know? So we're going to start calling out these operators. I don't know if we need to do protests. Something has to happen. But I think the biggest thing, put the pressure on the Cannabis Control Commission. And that includes the politicians. Hit up your local state senator, your state rep. They'll, They'll take your call, especially if you're in their district, and say, I want you to give them hell. I want you to threaten their funding if they don't help workers. Call your local union. If you're in a union, you should be asking them to support the workers. Call the politicians. Like, seriously, the politicians, they control the funding of the Cannabis Control Commission. Threaten the funding. Say, if you don't start work, you know, Massachusetts is supposed to be a union union state. We're supposed to care about workers. What the hell are they doing? Are are your legislators in Massachusetts uh, uh, pretty approachable? If, if If you're in their district, yes, very approachable. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I pretty much have very good success reaching out to a lot of them, like even just not in my district because of, you know, who I am and my show and stuff. But I mean, I feel like they will get back to you. You know, if they don't, their office will an aid will. And especially if you're in their district. Yeah. So, so why hasn't this been picked up in, in a big media outlet, man? This is a fucking huge story. Yeah, I think they're lazy. They don't know how to cover can- cannabis. It's easier to just uh, 
print up a press release that uh, Justin Bieber has released a new line of cannabis at New England Treatment Access, one of the worst operators, and not mention that they're the worst operators. Just easy to copy and paste that little Justin Bieber thing, put it on your front page, you get a million views, right? That's what they do. They just they just go, oh, this celebrity just signed a deal. We got a press release from them. Let's put that up. That's what they do. They have budget cuts. They're lazy. A lot of the media, and and I think the you know certain ones I've called out tonight, but I think a lot of them are starting to wake up. You know, especially the big media, the national media. They're on. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm a little lazy, Mike. Um, and, and I've already picked up on it. So it seems like if you were a legitimate news organization, this is something you would like. Hmm. That's why I'm not in charge of any of those places. Yeah. 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 Well, I think that a lot more are being made aware of it. So we'll see. I mean, I think uh, the globe, I, they, you know, if the globe wants to shut me down, and have me stop bad-mouthing them all around town about their lack of coverage for workers in the cannabis space, do something about it. Do a spotlight series on it. You, the, the reason I'm so mad at them is they could do coverage like no one else can. I don't have their funding. I don't have their manpower. I don't have their time. They could do stuff that we can't do. And people would listen to them. So to me, it's put up or shut up. But a lot of the other media and, and and we're at the point where it doesn't even matter anymore. And, and I'm almost ready not even to talk about the globe anymore because we got national media. We got Western mass media. We got uh, central mass media. We got even uh, Boston, you know, some Boston media outlets now covering it. So. That's good, man. And, and I mean, I, I can't believe that it, it just didn't. Ah, ah. Some of that, shit and, you know, it, I, it, it all goes back to the Cannabis Control Commission, too. I mean, let's put it that way. They're a cover-up organization. If the Cannabis Control Commission had balls and did their job, I, I think the Globe would actually cover it. Do you know what I mean? Like, the Cannabis Control Commission has basically told the Globe, hey, it's okay, we're covering it up. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the, hmm. there's nothing to see here. You know? Hmm. So... I, I think the, the number one villain in, in this is the Cannabis Control Commission. Now, I'm going to take it right to the, the the executive director, Sean Collins. What are you doing, Sean Collins, for a patient for uh, workers? You have you haven't done enough for patients, but you really have done nothing for these workers. Hmm. Is Sean friendly? I'd love to have him on. I mean, he seems friendly. He seems like a good guy. I don't know. I mean, I don't hear from these folks. They don't come on my show. <laughs> I'm going to start hitting all them right. all up though. I mean, I, I I haven't hit them all up like I should. Um, I hit up the new chairman uh, this week, but you know, I, I don't expect it because the ones who are even more friendly with us that will actually talk to us a little bit on Twitter, they don't even come on. You know, there was only one Shalene title. That's the way I feel. And Shalene title was someone who was a cannabis control commission that actually gave a shit about all, you know, everything. I've been trying From to get all, to bottom, I've been trying to get all cared. there. She cared. And what did they do to her? They were like, "Oh, we we're not going to reappoint you because you make make us look bad." Uh, the governor didn't, you know, he 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 didn't like it that she pushed back against his bullshit. Well, that's what you get for caring. There you go. And so the rest of them, I I, I just think that they're afraid. I think that they're so afraid to say anything because they haven't done anything. And you know, to me, this this is like criminal. Like I I feel like they should be some of these folks should be in jail for what they've done to to the workers here. So, you know, that, that gives people an incentive to be quiet, right? Mm. 
I'd love to talk to Shaleen, by the way. <laughs> maybe uh, once you post this, maybe we could uh, hook that up. She'll, uh, she'll see it. And all right, Mike. Uh, she'll make her judgment. I, I can't speak for Shaleen, but I know one thing. Shaleen checks out content. If she likes it, she'll probably come on. Cool. That's well, my guess. Well, I always say the last uh, word for my guests here. I'm out of questions. Uh, thank you so much for your time, man. I, I want to, again, um, send my condolences out to the family here of Lorna. Um, and I'm going to leave the last word for you, man. Thank, thank you so much for being here. I would just say uh, to the workers, contact us. You know, I know you're out there. We're hearing all the stories. If you filed an ocean complaint. No one's listening to you in the media or the politics. You, you got your guy right here. Send it to me. MJC Boston one at yahoo.com. Uh, you can also call us. We have a live phone number uh, that also takes voice bails. The, the, the number that you see on the show, you can leave a voice bail even on, you know, non-show days. So if you want to send a message that way, uh, I would also just uh, make sure you're uh, following us, subscribing on Twitter. It's at the young jerks uh, on iTunes, especially, you know, or anywhere you listen to podcasts, we put a lot of content out. We're going to stay on the story. Uh, it helps us. If we have a lot of listeners on those apps, it helps get the story out. So I, I just want to thank our listeners. And if you're just hearing about this now and you want to support us more, definitely please follow us. Uh, young jerks on Twitter, Facebook, and especially like iTunes. Uh, Cause we're not going to stop on this. And I just want to thank all the media and the, Folks like you, Jay, you know, who are covering this and supporting it on Twitter as well. Beautiful. Uh, thanks again, Mike. Uh, uh, maybe maybe we'll do a follow-up down the road, man. I would love to. I appreciate you, man. Take care. I, I've been I've been checking you out in Vermont, and you you definitely like the guy up there. You're doing work. <laughs> Keep doing it. <laughs>